0: We're in a series talking about overcoming fear, okay? This isn't always my custom, but sometimes I do this, okay? So just bear with me. A man was very sick. Doctors feared the worst. He's at home one day. He's resting in his bed. He looks up and he says, is my wife here? It's really sick. His wife replies, yes, honey, I, I'm here. I'm right here next to you. I'm right here next to you. The man goes, are all my children here? Yes, Daddy, we're, we're all here. We're, we're here at your bedside. We're here, we're here in the bedroom with you, Dad." He says, "Are all my other relatives here?" And they said, "Yes, we're all here. We're, we're, we're right outside, uh, right outside the hallway, and some of us are in the bedroom right there, uh, in the bedroom with you." The man sits up immediately and says, "Then why in the world are the lights on in the kitchen?" Dad jokes dad jokes you ever turn off the lights you just slip it through the house just turning off lights dads come on amen all right one more one more come on you just uh, just indulge me will you I want to remind I love I love Chuck Norris jokes okay I probably shouldn't but I love Chuck Norris jokes okay you guys know that the boogeyman he goes to bed every night he checks his closet for Chuck Norris Another legend is that Chuck Norris sleeps with a nightlight, not because Chuck Norris is afraid of the dark, but because the dark is afraid of Chuck Norris. (laughs) Psalm chapter 27 in the Word of God. That went over like a lead balloon, okay? That's all right. Pastor Mike, I may need to read it again. You might. You might need to read it again because these are funny. These are funny, Brandon, okay? You can use these. You can use these at work, Okay. Psalm chapter twenty seven. We're in a series entitled "Overcoming Fear," and i I, I love a, I, I love encouragement, man. I, I appreciate encouragement. I try to be an encourager in everything that I do, everywhere that I go. And I had a friend of mine this week at his wedding, at his daughter's wedding. He was talking to me. He said, "Hey, can I just tell you? Thank you for uh, the overcoming series, uh, the overcoming fear series." And I said, yeah, I appreciate you. You know, what, what's, what's going on? And he was just talking about it. And he said, man, I was dealing with all these challenges and all these things and, and, and the very things that I needed to be told you were talking about in that series. You've been encouraging us. Then the next day, I open up, I open up my devotional, and I've got to go uh, do this very large meeting to all of these uh, I- executives. And he said, I open it up, and there it is. We're talking about fear in my devotional. Again, reiterated everything that I needed to be told. So thank you for that. So God bless you. I appreciate your encouragement. We love you. We're so grateful for for that. Psalm chapter 27 in the word of God. The Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, When my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. You see that David is pointing out the when. He's not saying if. He's pointing out a when. When they come at me, when the enemy comes at me, when evil people come to devour me, when my foes, when my enemies, he said they're going to stumble and fall. And though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if, somebody say even if. Shout it out real big. Say, even if. He says, even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. So I want to talk to you this morning about replacing your what if with an even if. Replacing your what if with an even if. Point number one this morning. When fear appears, I need you to remember that you are not alone. Somebody say a good amen right there. You're not alone. I know we feel alone. We feel like nobody's paying attention. Sometimes we're praying to God and we feel like God has our speaker shut off. It's like he's turned our intercom off, you know. You can't hear, he can't hear what it is that we're saying to him. I promise you that God is listening because he promises to walk alongside you and ease your burdens. We many times, we ask the question, God, where are you in my suffering? God, have you forgotten about me? How will I ever get through this? Why? Because fear has a nature. Fear has a nature, okay? I did a little study on fear, and I understand this amount. I understand this amount of it. It's a fundamental part of the human experience, and it serves as a built-in survival mechanism. Some of us fear greater than others. Come on, somebody. Some of us fear uh, uh, greater than others, okay? And when you encounter a situation that your brain perceives as a potential threat or danger, it triggers a series of physiological, which is the physical, and psychological reactions, which is the brain. Or the mental side. So, physiological is the physical, and psyche, psychological, okay, is, is doing, uh, has to do with the brain. So, physiologically, it creates his reactions, okay? And fear can lead us to an increased heart rate. Fear can lead us to shallow breathing. Fear can lead us to sweating. Come on, somebody. You know how I do emptying the toxins out of my body, okay? Fear will lead you. Uh, to a heightened alertness among other bodily responses, okay? And these physical changes, watch this, this is so powerful. They prepare your body to either confront the threat, which they call fight, or to flee from it, which they call flight. This is real, this is real fear talking. This is, uh, this is sci- scientists and psychologists, okay? Physi- uh, physi- Physiologists, whatever those people are, They they have all this understanding about the fight or the flight syndrome. And physiologically, fear can manifest as feelings of anxiety, feelings of dread, feelings of apprehension. And it can vary in intensity from mild unease to extreme terror. Okay, extreme terror. Fear can be triggered by various factors including real dangers, perceived threats. Listen to this past traumatic experiences, or even irrational fears called phobias. It can influence our behavior. It can influence our decision making. It can influence our over well being. Fear can be both helpful as it keeps us safe in dangerous situations and problematic if it becomes chronic or overwhelming. And God knew, somebody say God knew, He knew there would be times when we would be so enveloped in fear and uncertainty that, he, that we would lose sight of his presence. And he knew that there would be circumstances so difficult that we would often question whether whether he really loves us and is he really in, in with us in our suffering. But scripture shows us that we are not alone in our circumstances. Psalm 27. I don't have time to break down all of the scriptures but Psalm 27. I just read those three to you. And then Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 2 this is so powerful. It says when you go through, through deep waters I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty you know rivers they never stop. You know it seems like they just never stop. I know a lot of friends and family sometimes it just seems like the trouble just never stops. It just keeps coming. It just keeps washing and thrashing and crashing over you. He said when you go through rivers of difficulty you will not drown when you walk through the fire of oppression you'll not be burned up and the flames will not consume you he wasn't just talking about his children there he's talking about his children here God is the same yesterday he's the same today he's the same forever he moved in their lives he's going to move in yours amen I step into that space of promise with Him. I step into that space of covenant with Him. Praise God. And no matter how difficult, this is so good, no matter how difficult, no matter how dark the season may be, no matter how how frustrating you find yourself walking, the frustrations that you find yourself walking through, God is with you. Somebody say a good amen right there. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. He promises to meet you in your pain. He promises to meet you and to help you. And God, I want to just remind you this morning that God has been there for every tear. God has been there for every fear. God has been there for every sorrow. And he will strengthen your heart. He'll help you back up on your feet no matter where he finds you in that space or in that place today. Go ahead, give him a hand clap of praise. You can do it. Psalm 27 God is the source of David's confidence. He wasn't secure in the Israelite army. He was secure in his God. He wasn't secure in his friends and his fellowship and his money and his 401k, his devices and his degrees. Amen. He was secure in the hand of Almighty God, the purposes of Almighty God. If you look back at Psalm 27, as the light, as His light, God illuminates the darkness that surrounds us. Amen. As His salvation, God delivers us physically and spiritually in spite of the adversity that we we might face. And as his fortress, listen, God is a shelter. God's a refuge in times of trouble. He's a safe place in any turmoil of danger, amen. And God provides us protection. God provides us security. God provides strength to those who have faith in him, amen. It's God's role for his children. Think about this. This is God's role as our heavenly father. protect us to give us a sense of security it's our role as parents dads dads it's our role as parents moms it's our role as parents if our children are facing challenges if our children are facing adversity our children are facing frustration or fear or danger they should be able to turn to us to find a place of support and find a place of safety and find a place of refuge come on somebody I'll never forget this. My wife and I, we were in town from the state of California. We were pastoring out there, and we had come into town, and we were at my mother-in-law's house. I love going to my mother-in-law's house, okay? There's rest there. There's peace there, as long as Grandpa George is not working, okay? There's rest there. There's peace there. If he's working, there's work there. Come on, somebody. He'll still outwork you. doesn't matter how old you are or how tough you think you are. He'll still outwork you. Anyways, we were there on a getaway from the state of California, And I had kind of slipped into the love seat and fell asleep because there was peace there. There's security there. There's provision. Oh, there's provision there. Come on, somebody. There's provision there. Amen. And and you find that space. You find that place. And God gives you that space and he gives you that place. I I forgot all about everything that was going on because I was in a peaceful state. I was in a... You get yourself into the presence of God... And you'll find that place of peace. You'll find that place of healing. You'll find that place of restoration and deliverance. Amen. And God, His role as our Heavenly Father to us as parents, right? If our children are looking for that place and our children need that space of safety, they need that place of safety and they come running to us. We'll do anything to protect them. That's what any good parent would do or provide. We also provide our children courage to face any and every challenge life's going to throw their way. This is the heart of our Father God. It ought to be the heart of us as parents. This is our role as parents, as grandparents. Somebody say a good amen. Point number two. Fear says, what if? Faith says, even if. Fear says, what if? I, I, I live in what if moments. I live in that space a lot. I wonder if, I, what, what if, I wonder if. Come on, somebody. You just live in those moments, right? But faith says, even if. We were talking about this in our devotion this morning. When the 12 spies returned from searching the promised land, the majority said, we can't take the land. The majority said, this is too difficult. The majority said, this is too hard. The majority said, this is too frustrating. There's big giants there. They're going to overtake us. They're going to kill us. Look at the scripture. It says in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 31, it says we can't can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. Whose confidence were they in? Their own. Their own strength. Their own might. Their own power. Amen. Their own resources. Amen. But watch this. Only Joshua and Caleb... Came back and said, Hang on just a second. Scripture says the 10 spies went around to everyone and they spread rumors about the land. Rumors about, and everybody heard that and they were like, Oh, we can't take the land. We can't, there's no way we can take the land. Joshua and Caleb spoke up and said, Hold on, whoa, 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 amen. They said, Numbers, well, they didn't say Numbers chapter 14, but they said this. (laughs) <laughs> they, said, they said, do not rebel against the Lord our God. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're helpless, pray to us. They have no protection. The Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But there's giants there. There's giants, there's giants in the land. Pastor, what if they all saw the same things in that land of Canaan, but only Joshua and Caleb chose to agree with God? Am I making sense? They chose to hear God and agree with God. The ten other spies saw impossibilities. The ten other spies saw what ifs. Joshua and Caleb saw even ifs. Even if they come up against us, God is able to deliver us. Even if the walls are fortified, God is able to crush them down. Even if. Even if. And here they are. God had previously told him, I'll give you victory. I'll be with you. You're going to drive out the inhabitants of the land. And the ten spies, along with the older generation, refused to take the land. Look at me. Watch this. Refused to step out in faith and take the land because of a bunch of rumors. Well, I don't know. There's talk that we can't. There, there's, there's talk that there's giants. There's talk that there's impossibilities. There's, there's, there's conversation that, that this is impossible to do. I, I, I get that. Oh, man. Oh, is this wisdom? Or is it a lack of faith? Huh? Wh- which, one, which one is it? We can look at it now. We can say it was a lack of faith. But living in it, living in it. Would I have taken that step of faith? Or would I have chosen to hang out with Joshua and Caleb and say, let's go, let's take my mountain. Amen. The ten spies, they refused, watch us, to take the land, and they died without ever possessing what God promised. I, I don't want to live my life in a space that God said, go, God. God says, step out in faith and go do this And I step out and I say, well, I'm only going to go to here, though, Lord. This is the safe space. Amen. This is the safe space. And the ten spies, they, they refused to take They died without possessing the land. Only two men, only two men from that generation entered into Canaan. And I'll bet you can guess who they were. Joshua and Caleb. The only two who agreed with the declarations of God. So I ask you the question. Check out what your words have been saying. Check out what you've been saying. Am I, am I talking the language of faith? Am I agreeing with what God is saying? What if you get the bad news that you need to have the surgery? Listen, it's not a sin to feel fear. It's a natural emotion, praise God. But there's also what is described in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 7, the spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. And this comes from Satan. This comes from the devil. This comes from hell and all of its lies in in, in that space. Amen. Because there's a dimension where fear can cripple your thoughts. And fear will cripple your actions. And fear will cripple your decisions. Huh? Everything Satan brings comes through the spirit of fear. Everything God brings comes through the spirit of truth. Comes through the spirit of faith. And comes to a place called hope. Amen? Hope. Praise God. Consider. Just let's look at the Israelites for just a minute. Consider how their very real fears and uncertainties played a significant role in the Israelites' journey. Okay? I got six quick uh, fears that they were facing that we can relate to today. Okay? Number one, fear of the Canaanite inhabitants. All right? fear this promised land was inhabited by various canaanite tribes they all talk about the hittites and the jebusites and the parasites and the hivites and somebody said the cellulites come on somebody that's an enemy that's an enemy all right but they just talk about all these things and they just kind of went into it and it was like every enemy they could name off they named them all off And the Israelites were concerned, think about, concerned about how they would fare in battles against these established and potentially more powerful nations. Might I remind you, the Israelites are living, wandering in a wilderness, living in tents, okay? They didn't have a house and storage units all stacked up with guns and shovels and whatever was going on, right? To go take their enemy full of swords and blacksmiths, okay? It wasn't like that. And God was telling him, go and take the land. Go and take the land. And this this is related to us because we have fears and we have concerns about facing new challenges or situations. Our bosses sometimes they will come to us and say, I want to offer you a job promotion. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for all that. Huh? I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know. Whoa, that sounds like a lot of responsibility. And it's also a lot of opportunity. It's dressed in the same thing called work clothes. Huh? Amen? It's dressed the same. And many of these paralyze us instead of fill us with passion. So when you see an impossibility, do you say to yourself, I I can't, there's no way, I can't do it. Or do you see opportunity to get to work? Do you see an opportunity to start praying a little harder, fasting a little longer? Come on, somebody. Number two, number two, fear of the unknown. A lot of people live in this area right here. The Israelites had spent generations in slavery in Egypt and had become accustomed to that way of life. They they lived in bondage and had become accustomed to that way. They lived in sin, amen, I'm talking about us Christians here today. We live in sin, we live in a space called bondage, huh? We live in this place, we live in this space, and instead of coming out of that, and, and living in bondage was their custom. Moving into unknown land brought about fears related to the hardships and the uncertainties they might face or that lie ahead. How about this one, number three? You ever face this one, the fear of scarcity? Can, can I, I have more kids, can I feed them? Can I clothe them? Huh? Can I I take care of them the way that I need to do? This fear of scarcity, the Israelites had to rely on manna and quail provided by God during their desert journey. Do you remember that? They got tired of eating manna. Then God showed up and gave them meat. And then they got tired of the meat. And entering the promised land, they would need to find sources of food and water. And it raised concerns about scarcity and survival. Anybody facing scarcity and survival right now? Anybody facing that? I feel like we're looking, in, we're looking that dead in the face right now. Because we can all relate to the fear of lack. We can all relate to the fear of short supply. We can all relate to the fear of ins- insufficiently. But we are to come to God as our daily provision of bread. God doesn't want you eating yesterday's bread, two day ago, three day ago, four day. He doesn't want you at the week old bread store. He wants you in relationship. He wants you in his presence. That's a daily routine that should become a blessing to your life. Number four, the fear of failure. Amen. A lot of people, they don't step out on this one because they're afraid to fail. The promised land represented the fulfillment of God's covenant. God made a promise. I'm going to step out on nothing and just trust that he's on the other side of it. Huh? I'm going to step out. I'm going to do that, right? And this fear, this fear, this promised land represented this fulfillment of God's promise. There's a fear of failing to live up to their end of the covenant, which could result in losing the land and facing divine consequences. I know leaders who won't step into leadership because they're afraid to fail, They've got all the backup. They've got all the training. They've got all the support. They've got all the vision. They've got all the fresh ideas, but they don't have a step that they say, hey, listen, I'm not afraid to fail. You know how I've learned how to make right decisions? I've made a few wrong ones. Some of you guys are like, don't lie to us. You made a whole lot. Okay, you're right. I made a whole lot of wrong ones. Made a whole lot of wrong ones. How about this one? The fear of disunity. The fear of disunity. Amen. The Israelites were a diverse group of people from different tribes. And maintaining unity in the face of challenges and potential conflicts was a concern. Listen, unity is a kingdom mentality. Unity is not a vision from this culture. Unity is a vision from God. Amen. You realize that our Thanksgiving cultures are different, right? You realize our our holiday celebrations are different, right? You do it a little bit different. You might put turkey in your stuffing and others put chicken stock in theirs. Come on. Amen. Some families invite everybody. Everybody's welcome. Some families, no one's welcome. All cultures are different. Everybody celebrates a little bit differently. Amen. Amen. And we look at this, listen, you can accomplish the impossible when unity is present. You can can accomplish the impossible when unity is the key component. Number six, we all ought to be worried about this one. The fear of spiritual compromise. There was the risk of being influenced by Canaanite cultures and adopting their religious practices, which are contrary to the Israelite faith. When we moved to the state of California, I was new in the Native American culture, and they began to talk to us about their culture and their dream and their vision. They, they talked to us about these things, and many times what they told me is they said, we just add we just add other people's faith into our faith. We just add what they believe. We just put it into ours, so it's not. It's not Jesus. It's not Jesus only. It's Jesus and. and I know a lot of people live in that mindset and live in that culture. Jesus and, Jesus and. and. Scripture. They were. They were concerned here that they would adopt their religious practices. And and I want you to see this. Okay. The word compromise. The word compromise. It's spelled C O M P R O M I S E. Promise. Come. Promise. Do you see this? Compromise. And the prefix com in the front of the word promise means together or with. Compromise. We add we add two. Together or with. And scripture commands us that we are to have no other gods before our God. That we're to worship no other gods but the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. The father of Jesus Christ. Somebody help me preach this morning. This is our God. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and our neighbor as ourselves. whether they are our enemy or they are a friend. We're to love all people. Amen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and your enemies, and your neighbor, and your enemies. You could add all that. And your neighbor as ourselves. Therefore, we don't worship a variety of gods, a variety of ideas, a variety of cultures or mindsets. We are not to mix or dilute God's promises with any other thought, any other idea, any other belief, or any other religion. This is about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing more. Amen? And the true God. This is so good right here. I've been wanting to say it all week. Here I am. The true God is not only to be number one, He is to be the only one. He's not to be one of them, He's to be the only one. Amen. He is our God and we worship him so we've got to stop these what if statements because throughout their journey leaders like Moses and Joshua and Caleb they played a crucial role in addressing these fears one of my roles as a pastor as a leader is to stop the what ifs and say even if even if praise God The devil comes at us, even if it looks like lack, even if it looks like frustration, even if it looks like fear, even if it looks like no one is with us. God has called us to get on this wall with a weapon in one hand and a tool in the other and to build his kingdom. Hallelujah. Because kingdom is a mindset of unity. Come on, somebody. Amen. My job... Is to provide a little bit of guidance, which I feel like I rarely do, but to also remind the people of God of their faith and the promises of God, which are true and everlasting. What if the giants overtake us? Watch this. Fear leads to lack of faith. Lack of faith leads to doubt. Doubt leads to wandering in the wilderness of uncertainty for 40 years. Amen. And as you know, the Israelites, as a consequence of their disobedience to God's command to enter the land. This is what happened to them. Hey, we'll just take another lap around the same wilderness we've been walking in. And guess what we're going to eat, manna and quail? Huh? When they could have taken the land that was flowing with milk and honey. They, they, they gathered a cluster of grapes, and they had to carry it. Uh, they had to carry it on a pole between two men. That's one big cluster of grapes. Come on, somebody. Amen? Sounds like a cluster of watermelons. But anyways, can you see it? Can you see them walking with that? And instead of the provision of God in that space, in the land flowing with milk and honey, they said, what if we can't afford it? They said, what if the giants overtake us? They said, what if doubt gets in? Point number three. I gotta move on. Even if. Even if. God promises to walk alongside you to ease your burdens. Listen to me. One of the things that we're to do as Christians, as Scripture teaches us, is to bear our own burden. The second thing, we're to bear each other's burdens. That's what Scripture teaches. But ultimately... We're to give those burdens unto God. He is our source. He's the one that's gonna help us carry these burdens. Even if, look here, at Psalm 23, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or whatever version you may be reading, he says, even when, in some versions, he says, even though, in some versions, he says, even if, there it is, that's that's mine, that's the one I grabbed right there, even if I walk through the darkest valley. I'll not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Amen. Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. And, and, and think about this. Sheep, regardless of the danger, I'm going to do a series on sheep someday. Regardless of the danger surrounding sheep, sheep can follow their shepherd without fear. They follow him without, without fear. Because the rod, it, it provides safety to the sheep. A, a, a wolf comes out or a bear comes out, and the shepherd will beat that animal away with the rod. Think about that. And then the staff becomes a, a, a place of safety. It becomes a place of, if the sheep gets a little bit close to the edge, the shepherd grabs him, it's, it, it's got a, a large hook on it, he grabs the sheep, and he pulls him back from danger. And some of us, we just keep heading to the edge like it's fun, come on. I wouldn't keep tempting God if I were you. Right? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know, one down, you know, 99 to go. No, just, you know, you, you see what I'm saying? But the staff is used to guide the sheep, to pull them back from harm. And watch us when life, not if, when life takes you through the darkest of valleys. Receive the consolation knowing that your divine shepherd has power in one hand and grace in the other. He's got strength in one hand, favor in another. He's got authority in one hand and and mercy in the other. Come on, somebody. Amen. He's there for you. And I want you to know that there's some other figures from the Bible who faced fear. There's some other figures in the Bible who faced lack and impossibility and uncertainty, but they relied on faith. Faith. Pastor Mike, how do I step on faith? You just do. I don't know. You just do. It's there. It's there. God will meet you on the other side. Amen? Abraham's journey of faith, even when he didn't know the outcome in Genesis chapter 12, you could do a little homework this week. And, then, and after he stepped out, he said, "I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I want you to go to this space, and you won't know where you you don't you don't know where you're going until you get there. You just go to travel, okay? Road trip, okay? Right? He got out his road trip playlist, which was all from memory. <laughs> he had to sing it. Come on, somebody. He had to sing his own road trip playlist, right? He's out there singing it." And then later on, you remember the story. He asked, he asked, God asked Abraham, hey, I want you to kill your son. Sacrifice your son, your only son. And Abraham said, hey, we're going up the mountain. We're going up the mountain. He said, the, the son said, hey, Dad, we got the fire and, and, and we got the wood. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God's going to provide. Abraham knew that even if I have to kill Isaac on the mountain, God will resurrect him before we hit the bottom of it. Huh? It's a parallel of Jesus Christ. It's a parallel story. Look at, look at another, uh, uh, another woman, powerful woman of faith in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 16. She said, she told her mother-in-law, don't you tell me, don't you tell me to leave you again. Wherever you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Powerful story of this woman who stood, who was a pagan, and God rescued her. And she had belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Daniel's courage in the lion's den. He trusted God for deliverance, saying, my God sent his angel, and he shut the lion's mouth in Daniel chapter 6. The woman Esther, as the worship team comes, she displayed remarkable courage, Queen Esther. When she approached King Xerxes to exceed, intercede for her people, despite the risk to her own life, literally illegal, she declares, "And she declares in the scripture, though it is against the law, I will go see the king. If I must die, I must die." Amen. Even if Paul's unwavering faith in the midst of his trials. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten with a cat of nine tails, like, like a cat of nine tails, amen, uh, with a whip, uh, not a cat of nine tails. He was beaten with a whip five times. I'm sorry, beaten with a whip five different times with 39 lashes each, amen. Shipwrecked, amen. They threw rocks at him. Remember the story? They threw rocks at him. He was like unconscious and kind of came back to and then, and then ran out. They left him for dead, right? And Paul said, He had an unwavering faith for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego literally stated, literally, God is well able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, even if he chooses not to, that's what it says, we will not bow down to your idols in Daniel chapter 3. Luke chapter 1, Mary, the mother of Jesus, She said, I am the Lord's servant. Sounds a whole lot like, here I am, here I am. You can have it all, God. You can have it all, here I am. Because I'm available. I'm a servant of God, purposed of God. Come on, amen. How about, that's in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. And she said, may everything you have said about me come true. How about Job chapter 13, verse 15. Job said this, even if God chooses to kill me, yet will I trust in him. Amen? Even if the devil comes at me, what fearless surrender. Even if the devil comes at me with all of hell's forces, I commit to surrender to the cause, purpose, and mission of Jesus Christ. That's the life of a Christ follower. Jesus said, in the red letters, John chapter 10, verse 18, no one could take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. Amen. Since I was 19 years old, I gave my heart, I gave my life to Jesus Christ in a church service on a Tuesday night. It was a revival. My work clothes, I looked like a bum, I smelled like a bum. God rescued my soul, changed my life, and I've been surrendering to him every day since. Will you stand with me for just a moment as our prayer team comes? You might be facing a what-if scenario. You say, Pastor Mike, I need to change my what-if to an even-if. I need to trust God. This should be my heart. This should be my vision. This should be the life that I should be living. I should be in that space, that space of of trusting God and honoring God with all my heart. I should be in that space. I'm not currently in that space and not here to disrupt you. I'm not here to, uh, to brutalize you. I'm not here to make you feel some kind of shame or guilt, but we're here to encourage you. We're here to help you bear that burden. We're here to help you carry that burden. Pastor Mike, I'm in a a what-if moment. Well, let's pray that God will give you an even-if mindset. And let's trust that he will and trust that he's going to. Pastor Mike, I'm facing some impossibilities. God bless you, young lady. I'm facing some impossibilities. I'm facing some challenges, and I need God to move in my heart. I need God to move in my life. Our prayer team is here. We want to pray with you. We want to lay hands on you. You need healing in your body. You need a touch in your spirit. You need a touch in your mind. You need deliverance in some kind of way, form, or fashion. We want to pray with you. Amen. We want to gather together, lay hands on you, and believe that God is going to move in your heart and move in your life. Because we, each and each and every one of us, we, 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 we lay our lives down just like Jesus has said. Jesus said, I've got the authority to lay it down when I want to. I've got the authority to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. He's given us free will. God's given us free will. Jesus chose to lay down his desires to become a sacrifice for all of mankind. You say, Pastor, I need supernatural help. I need supernatural ability. God wants to move in your life right now in this moment. We you take a step of faith out? We take a step of faith and ask God to touch you and ask God to minister to your heart and minister to your life? In the name of Jesus, we're going to pray.